This is Dr. Jimmy Nichols, equine nutritionist. On this podcast, we will explore unique cases, debunk popular myths, and break down advanced research data. Join me for a little fun, a lot of science, and some real-world advice for feeding horses. Hey everyone, it's Dr. Jimmy. Welcome to episode 35. This is a very exciting episode because it's our first ever guest episode. We'll be catching up with Lindsay Buer. She's a very talented equine nutrition consultant who makes her home in Austin, Texas. I have had the great pleasure of working uh, quite closely with Lindsay over the last six and a half or maybe even seven years now at Blue Bonnet Feeds. She travels around central Texas and even Colorado uh, doing equine nutrition seminars and then consulting with boarding facilities, feed stores, and individual horse owners. Uh, Lindsay is absolutely a joy to work with. And I thought it would be fun to have her explain what this kind of career entails and what you guys as horse owners can expect if you were to work with a nutrition consultant like Lindsay. So let's get into the show. All right, Lindsay, thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on the podcast this episode. We're super excited to have you. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So you are an equine nutrition consultant. Correct. What is your region or your territory? Where are you based? I live in Austin, Texas, and then I cover, you know, we'll say central Texas, but it's basically uh, Houston over to Fredericksburg, up to Waco, down to about roughly I-10 in San Antonio. And then I also um, cover the entire state of Colorado as well. Okay. That's, that's, that's a little bit different, Texas to Colorado. <laughs> It is. It's definitely a, a change. <laughs> so how, I guess, how did, how did that happen? I mean, how do you end up being um, a consultant in Texas and then also just randomly Colorado? <laughs> well, in all honesty, I begged for it <laughs> because <laughs> I love the mountains. We needed a rep out there. And so I just uh, went to my boss and said, please, please, please. And fortunately, he gave me the okay. So that's kind of how that came about. Okay. So what, what does a week look like in your life? I mean, especially having to balance essentially two different territories and, you know, what are those two or three, two states away from each other? <laughs> yeah. Every week is a little bit different. Um, with having a, such a large area, even just within Texas, I have to try to plan out, you know, every third week I'm going to be here or, you know, kind of with Colorado, it's pretty simple. Every four to five weeks, I go ahead and book a trip to Colorado so that that's on the books. And then the driving aspect, because I fly out there, the driving aspect within central Texas is a little bit easier to manage. Um, but, you know, every week is just so different. So it's hard to kind of pinpoint um, anything specific, but typically it's going to consist of uh, me calling on retail stores. So uh, I will visit with them, do training with their employees, help with any issues that they're having, um, bring new product to their attention, help give ideas on things they can do in the store or bring ideas that I've seen at other stores that have worked, um, farm calls. So we'll go out and do one-on-one -on -one consults, get eyes on the horses. And then uh, on some of the weekends, I'll set up at shows or uh, if a retail store is having an event, like, you know, the feed stores is what I mean when I say retail store, I'll set up at the feed stores as well and um, visit with customers. So kind of a, a wide variety for sure. 
Yeah, it's definitely no two days are ever the same, which I think keeps it interesting. Yeah. So let's say that there's someone listening right now and they're, they're interested in um, having you do a nutrition consult for them. What, what would they expect out of that? Um, I think the biggest thing they can expect is to be asked a thousand questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am definitely going to ask a lot of questions. Um, and so I usually have to prepare people for that, so that I'm not being a uh, nosy. It's just, you know, the questions I ask are typically um, in gen, sometimes I might be being nosy, but in general, I'm trying to ask questions that are going to kind of help lead me to, uh, to some answers. But, you know, an on-farm visit, I typically, you know, I really do like to get eyes on a horse if I can, just because I think it's interesting. Everyone just has their own opinion of what looks good or what doesn't look good. And so I kind of do just like a, we go through every horse on the farm that you want to look at and we'll, you know, I'll ask those same hundred questions or thousand questions and, you know, we'll body condition score them, take a look at what their feed program is, um, address any concerns or issues that they're having, um, kind of why I'm, you know, why do you have me out here in the first place, right? What, what kind of concern are you having that you want me to address? Is it, you know, that maybe they're not maintaining weight or is it that, um, maybe you're trying to simplify your program. And so every farm call might look a little different, but in general, that's going to kind of be the key thing is look at the horses, look at your feed, your hay, your supplements, and let's try to figure out what I can offer to help you achieve whatever your goal is um, for your program. I like that. I, I, I really like the, that you pointed out, you want to know what that person is looking at or looking for in their horse. Um, I, you know, I've, I've actually have some experience myself dealing with that same, you know, I, it seems like going from discipline to discipline or from breed to breed, um, you know, people kind of have a different idea of what they want that horse to look like. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like, you know, some, some industries or some, um, you know, there are just certain maybe industries or disciplines that want their horses to be maybe a little bit on the heavier side when you're looking at body condition score. <laughs> and then there are other industries. I mean, like take, you know, the racehorse industry or any kind of a speed event. Um, you know, those horses t- typically need to be just a little bit leaner because um, you're running against the clock and any major excess that you're carrying is going to be a detriment to that. So I, yeah, I guess I like your approach there. Yeah. No, it is definitely interesting how the different disciplines kind of have their own look and take on things. So, but even within the same disciplines, I think I've gone out to places where, you know, let's just take quarter horses, for example, we expect them to kind of be a little heavier, but my idea of heavy might be completely different than what someone else's might be. So um, I think I've actually done a couple of Zoom farm calls lately and it's, it's, challenging because I still don't think you get a good feel, but it is still easier than seeing a picture. Seeing a picture just doesn't quite do it justice on, you know, what you're, you know, actually looking at. Absolutely. So, so with COVID, you have actually started doing Zoom nutrition consultations? (laughs) I have. I've done a couple of them so far. (laughs) They've been really interesting. Um, Just because it allows me you know, they can flip that camera around and they can give me like a 360 view of that horse. I can see the entire horse. Um, and then too, I just think it makes it a little bit more personalized. We can chit chat, see each other's 
you know, faces. And so, yeah, I've, I've done a couple of those. They've been interesting. <laughs> That's really fun. <laughs> yeah. And so you are also on the team that does the free virtual nutrition consults for Blue Bonnet Feeds, correct? Correct. So when, when those, when you're doing those, um, what, what does that look? Are, are those Zoom or are you using, walk me through that a little bit. Um, no, so most of them have been through the, through email. Um, a couple of them have requested phone calls, so I'll call them. And then a couple of them, if I'm going to be in the area that they're in, I'll just let them know, Hey, in two weeks, I'm going to be out in that area. If you'd rather me just come out in person, you know, we can make that work too. But most of them have been emails. Um, and same thing, I will start with kind of a handful of questions and then depending on what they respond back with and depending on why they're even reaching out to us for the consult, that kind of will direct my questions into the following emails until we can kind of really dig down into um, what it is that I can help them with or what they're trying to achieve. Okay. Well, and I've got to imagine, I mean, there's, there's definitely, there's a certain level of skill, but then I've got to imagine that there's definitely a level of art that has to go into um, doing a consult with somebody because, I mean, it's not like you've got three feeds at your disposal that you can try. To, I mean, what, so Blue Bonnet has what 20, or I think there's like 28 or 30 different feeds that you can choose from that are in your toolbox or part of your arsenal to help with these horses. Um, you know, how, how do you, how do you decide what one to use? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, that can sometimes be challenging, um, but I think it goes back to those questions. So um, everyone, you know, part of it's going to depend on what does their budget look like? What are they wanting to spend? What kind of uh, bang for their buck are they looking to get? Um, how much do they want to feed? So someone who wants to feed large quantities, that's going to immediately knock out certain um, uh, feeds in my brain. Um, what is that game that you used to play when you were a kid? Guess who? Where you have to say, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's kind of like that, where you almost have to ask some questions. And as you go through that list, you kind of check that one off. That one doesn't fit what they're looking for until you can kind of narrow it down to two or three options. And then again, I think it just depends. What are you trying to achieve? Is this a backyard pet that you're not you know, you just want him to live out the rest of his days. And as long as he's fat and shiny, you really don't care. Or is this a horse that you're trying to compete at the highest level that you, you know, we can't feed McDonald's to a, a Super Bowl player, right? So that's going to look vastly different. Um, and so all those things kind of come into play as well for me. Okay, interesting. And then what does it look like as far as, I mean, I know that you're representing both Blue Bonnet Feeds and then also Stride Animal Health. Um, how do you know when it's best to go for a feed versus leaning on some of the supplements? Hmm. Well, um, I guess that just depends on what their current program is and what issues they're having. So, I mean, believe it or not, I know people think that we're just going to try to, you know, push our product on them, but I've been on plenty of, uh, facilities where the horses look great. They're happy with the feed program they're on. And there's just a, a horse or two, or, you know, a couple of things that they would like to approach differently that maybe it's an ingredient that's not available in a feed. And so that's something that we can provide. Um, but I just think, um, I typically lean towards the feeds, um, if they're not happy with their program or 
in a lot of cases, if they're using a lot of supplements and they just want to try to simplify things, that's usually a really uh, good foot in for me to be able to say, hey, we do have a line of products where we can cut out and make things a little more simplified so you aren't having to play feed room chemist. <laughs> <laughs> Pun intended, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> No, that makes sense. Well, and that's, I, I run into that same um, situation, like even so from the formulation perspective, um, you know, when, when I look at the individual lines of Blue Bonnet Feeds, you know, it's hard for me as a nutritionist not to want to put all of the things into all of the feeds. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just can't do that, right? Like you have yeah. to, you have to decide, okay, what are the most important components for this level of feed? And then you go to the next level. What are the most important components for that level of feed? And that's, you know, basically that's how we got to four different levels of feeds or four different families. Right. And, you know, within those families, we have anywhere from three to what, seven or eight different feeds. Yes. So, you know, I, I would love, yeah, no, exactly. That's, I would love for every horse to have all of the technologies, you know, and to, to be able to have and, and use all of the things. But the reality is, is number one, not every horse needs all of that. Right. Um, and number two, you know, not everybody wants to um, put their, put their dollars there. You know, Correct. we all have a limited income and we have to choose where it's most important to put our dollars. So I, yeah. I get what you're saying in, in, you know, how you're helping those those uh, customers sort through which which feed to be in. That's really smart. So um, you mentioned uh, private facilities, and then I know you do a lot of work at boarding facilities too. Um, what's what? I mean, if you if you are working with a boarding facility versus a private facility, what are kind of the main differences in those approaches? You know. Um, I don't know that I actually approach those vastly different uh, just because, well, I do and I don't. So uh, a boarding facility, I have to keep in mind that they're running a business. So in the back of my mind, I'm trying to keep things as simple as possible to cover as many animals as possible to, to meet as many animals needs as possible. Right. Whereas when I go on a private facility and they only have a handful of horses, it's a little bit easier in most cases to create a little bit more specialized uh, per horse. If the, the owner is willing to, to take it to that point. So, um, you know, I think with the, the boarding operations in general, it's more of a big picture. Let's take care of them from a business perspective. And then I always make sure to offer the services that they can extend to their, their borders that, that I can come back out more on that almost like a private basis where we talk one-on-one -on -one with the individual horses and then address those specific needs. Okay. Does that answer so your question? Yeah. So, I mean, you're almost acting like um, kind of part of the staff or part of the team for that boarding facility. Right. Um, right. And I have certain facilities like that, that just kind of have me come out every time they have new horses come in or anytime they have, you know, some type of issue that I, you know, we can help address nutritionally. Um, I, and I have even a couple of facilities where it's just a, Hey, every time that you're in the area, come out and check on the horses that we looked at last time. I don't need to be here. I mean, so yeah, it's almost like, um, like their personal on site, not on site, but essentially, uh, 
nutrition advisor. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, that's, that's a pretty cool service. Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's fun to be able to go back, especially with, you know, some of these horses that they've been having challenges with and to be able to kind of watch their progress. Or, you know, I think sometimes people think too, that uh, one product is going to fix everything. Well, sometimes that doesn't work out quite that well. Horses, unfortunately, can't tell us what they're feeling. So sometimes it takes a couple of tries to get it right. And so I really appreciate and enjoy going out to these facilities that, you know, we've been really working through um, some nutritional concerns with these, with these horses. Okay, cool. So maybe for, I know we've got a lot of listeners um, that, you know, maybe have not used um, the services of a nutrition consult um, consultant yet. Could you maybe give us an idea of maybe just some of the typical um, problems or issues or concerns, maybe is a better word, that owners have when, when they do make that effort to reach out to you and have you come to their facility? I mean, what, you know, obviously something isn't perfect in their world, otherwise they probably wouldn't be reaching out to you for advice. Right. Um, what are some of those common, common things? Um, I would say the most common thing is going to be they're having a hard time keeping weight on or um, they're just happy, you know, maybe a picky eater. But I think the hard keeper is probably number one. I rarely get consults for people whose horses are fat. <laughs> it is usually they are struggling to keep weight on them. They've tried everything. Um, or maybe the horse just isn't blooming like the, you know, the coat's not as shiny those are usually the biggest reasons why someone's going to reach out to me. Okay. That makes sense. So I know that, you know, we don't have a specific case in front of us that we can walk through and talk about, but what are some of the first things that, that you start to look at in that horse, you know, that is having a hard time keeping weight? Well, um, so that's where the body condition scoring comes in. Um, I always, you know, the top line is usually something I think that can stick out pretty uh, pretty easily. If they're drawn up in the flank, those are some good visual cues. Um, but then I, like I said, I just ask a bunch of questions. What type of, um, you know, are they having other issues with the horse? Are they having recurring gastric ulcers? Are they noticing loose stool? Is the horse anxious? Um, and then really, you know, I do like to take a good look at their feed and hay program. Um, uh, you know, maybe we'll even weigh out how much feed and hay they're giving, do a quick kind of rough calorie count at how, you know, and how many calories the horse is consuming per day. Does that meet the output of the work or maybe they're not getting enough? Um, and so I, I like to take a look at all of those things um, and just see, I think that's a big one. I think is just how many calories are we dumping into this horse and he's not gaining weight? I think that's usually number one. And then also, you know, when were their teeth last done? When was the last time they were dewormed? Have you had a vet out to look at them? Have you done blood work? Is there something going on that is causing this horse to not utilize everything that you're feeding him? Good stuff. Those are all really, really good points. So let's say um, you make a recommendation for, for a horse and you put them on a new program, um, you know, how long typically is it going to take for that person to maybe start to notice some changes in their horse? Um, I usually tell people 30 to 45 days. I think, you know, in rare occasions you can, you know, have a quick turnaround, but horses just take a long time 
to, I mean, everyone, anyone who's had a horse knows if you're trying to put weight on a horse, it doesn't happen overnight. Um, and I think just with anything that, that we add to their diet, I just think it takes time. Um, so I say 30 to 45 days, uh, I've been, there are certain programs that we offer where I've gotten a little confident and, you know, given shorter time frames. but I think it's better to, uh, under promise and over deliver. So I, I, I prefer to push it out a little further. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm with you on that. <laughs> Yeah. It, it always feels so much better when you tell them, okay, you should wait, you know, don't expect anything major until 45 days. And then at three weeks, they're calling you saying, oh my gosh, you looked amazing. <laughs> exactly. Yep. <laughs> so it's way better than the opposite. <laughs> oh yes, it is. So I actually, something that I like to do with people is um, really encourage them to take a before picture because mm-hmm. sometimes when you look at your horse every single day, you don't notice those changes. Yeah. Um, You know, it's like, it's kind of like when you see, you know, someone else's kid, like once every six months, it's like, you know, you say, oh my goodness, they have grown so fast or grown so much. And if you're the parent, you don't really notice those changes. Right. Um, So I actually, I actually had this situation happen with me yesterday. So there was someone that I had worked with about 45 days ago. Uh And we um, had gotten their horse uh, switched over to the new Equiline ProCare feed. And I sent her a message and I said, hey, I'm super excited to see how your horse is progressing and and see some pictures. And I knew that this horse was was probably going to make a a good improvement. Um, Mm -hmm. So I took some before pictures myself just to have them on my phone, just in case, you know, she forgot because where I was looking at that horse. Well, it was actually at, at BBR World Finals when we were doing those those wellness consults. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's busy and, you know, I didn't want to put it on her to have to remember to take all the before pictures. So I'm like, Hey, just let me snap a few. So I had them on my phone. And so she messages me back and she's like, well, it's going okay, but I don't think I'm seeing the changes that I was expecting. Like, I don't think he's really made any improvements. And so, you know, first thing happens is my heart drops and my stomach like starts <laughs> turning in knots because, <laughs> you know, I'm like, Oh my gosh, how could this not work? And so I was like, okay, well, um, when you get home, take a picture and send it to me so that I can see. And I told her specifically, I'm like, take a picture of the right side. Cause that's the before we have, like, we want the most uh, reflective um, comparison. Mm-hmm. So she sends me the pictures and I open them up and I pull up the before picture and I put them side by side and I send them back to her. And I'm just like, this doesn't even look like the same horse. I mean, you are, you are making some serious gains on this horse. And when she saw those, those two pictures next to each other, she says, Oh my gosh, you are right. (laughs) So It was just that perfect example. How, when you see them every single day, sometimes you don't notice the good things that are happening. So Mm -hmm. I guess a little word of advice to anybody out there who wants to make a feed change or to make any kind of change like that, um, definitely take a before picture before you start. So you have that baseline to go back and compare to. Absolutely. And I am the worst about remembering to tell people to take pictures. I don't know why, um, but it is, it's so even, so I'll say though, even if I, you know, if I look at 50 horses in a month, let's say that's probably low, but let's just say I look at 50 horses in a month and then I come back out and do a follow-up. I've looked at so many horses. It might even be hard for me, even in person and not seeing them every day to remember exactly what they looked like or what kind of improvement. I think the pictures really can be telling as long as, you know, like you said, make sure they're standing the same way. So we, you know, same lighting, because some of that can be a little deceiving too. So that's, that's awesome that you took the picture and 
had that. I am just so thankful I had the picture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was I was sweating bullets there for a minute. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I bet you were. <laughs> but it all worked out. Awesome. So um let's tell me maybe one of your most um embarrassing moments on a farm or a consult or I mean have you ever put yourself in a situation that just made you a little uncomfortable or or just flat out embarrassed well um so I I put my foot in my mouth all the time I say embarrassing stuff all the time so I definitely can't pull any of those out of my brain um uh I've I've locked my keys in my truck before and had to wait for two hours for <laughs> AAA to come bail me out. Um, probably the biggest one though, that I actually, I tell it a lot now when I'm on farms because not only was it horribly embarrassing, but it also was just a good uh, reminder for me. The, um, the barn where I keep my horse at, there's about 60 horses out there and they uh, now house the DPS horses, the Department of Public Safety. So like the state patrol officers horses are out there. And so when they first moved out there, um, the owner of my barn has me come out anytime we have a new uh, client or border move out there. And so we came out and we did a nutrition consult with all these horses. And mind you, they're all really big draft horses. Um, but they were also, several of them were a little on the rotund side, to put it nicely. <laughs> and so I, you know, I very nicely mentioned that they were a little bit overweight, even for the breed. I did, you know, I do take that into consideration. And so we, you know, we finished the consult, we were going to back some of the horses down on their grain. And so since I'm already at the barn, I said, okay, I'm going to pull my horse out and just give him a quick brush down and so um, my horse's name is Easy. I throw Easy on the cross ties and I'm brushing him. And they just kind of looked at me and said, so this is your horse, huh? And I was like, yeah, this is Easy. And they were like, oh, so you just told us that our horses are fat and this is what your horse looks like. And I turn around <laughs> and I look at my very overweight uh, little horse. And I kind of, it took me back for a minute because I'm like, you're right. I'm sitting here telling you guys your horse is fat and my horse is fat. But what I had to explain to them was that my horse eats no grain. He's on a diet balancer only. And I, you know, we try to manage his forage intake. It's a little bit difficult to do in the setting that we're at, but, um, but it was a little embarrassing because I did, I never thought about that. The fact that I'm going out and saying your horse is fat and then they come and look at mine and he definitely doesn't look skinny. So it was, um, <laughs> It was very embarrassing. And I definitely, anytime, especially when they can see my own horse at my barn, I'm very forthcoming before I start the consult. If I notice that their horse is a little on the chunky side that I preface with the fact, I know my horse is fat. <laughs> he does not. Eat. <laughs> right. So that's probably the one that sticks out the most. <laughs> No, understood. Well, and that's, you know, I mean, there are those horses out there, you know, it's, that, that are just flat, easy keepers. And it, and it is a struggle to try to keep them at a body condition that is, that is appropriate. It so is. yeah, I, I get your pain. <laughs> so I have to ask then, do you have any embarrassing stories? Oh boy. Um, that's a good question. So 
You know, I I think I probably do embarrassing things. Well, I know I do embarrassing things all the time, but I am really good about compartmentalizing that in my brain and then forcing myself to forget about it. (laughs) There's, I mean, I think I would really hate to um, listen to myself present or do a seminar when I first started. I mean, if if I walked back nine years from today and sat in a room and listened to myself present, I, I bet I would be horrified. I'm sure that I said <laughs> ridiculous things. And oh, yes. Well, Me too. Okay. So actually, I do remember something from one of my early seminars. Okay. So we were actually at a, a boarding facility. And I mean, it was, it was a relatively um, small-ish group of people who all knew each other and felt comfortable around each other, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, it was a beautiful facility. Like the setting was awesome. I mean, everything was going great. I was just super pumped to be doing this. You know, like I'm just, I'm doing what I love. Life is great. So I'm, I'm given this seminar and, you know, I always try really hard to not um, talk about things in a complex way. Like I, I really have always tried to take very sciencey things and just talk about them like a normal person. Mm -hmm. So I'm going along and I'm doing my seminar and, and I get to the part where I'm talking about, you know, pre and probiotics and this gentleman in the audience stops me and he raises his hand and he says, Hey, I've got to, I, I, I got to ask you something. And he says, you know, what, what, what are probiotics? And I, I think I said something like, Oh, they're like the good bugs for the horse. They, you know, and I kind of keep going and he says, no, so he raises his hand and he says, <laughs> no, I, what are probiotics? And so like I'm kind of hung up a little bit, you know, I'm like, okay, what, how else can I explain this to him that, you know, is easy to understand. And so I think I said something like, well, it'd be like good beneficial bacteria in the gut that, you know, it it helps keep your horse healthy. And then I go on back to my presentation and I keep talking and he stops me again. And (laughs) he said, obviously you don't know anything. And I just, I'm kind of froze. Like, I don't, I don't even know how to respond. And he says some, something to the effect, uh, he says, probiotics are just proteins and they don't really do anything for a horse. And then he, he, like, I'm pretty sure he stood up and walked away. I mean, it was was like, what happened? And so I can just. I mean, I can feel my face getting hot. Like I am, you know, I'm just like, I don't know what to do. Like, how do you recover from that? <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, and so somebody in the audience was really kind and they, you know, they were like, don't worry about him. He's just like that. And so they're like, keep going. Oh. So, you know, I finished my presentation, but of course, like I take things so personal and I take them so hard and I just want to make everybody happy. And I want, I'm such a people pleaser that, I mean, it, it just, it's not hurt my feelings. Well, yeah. come to find out he was, I didn't know this. He he's actually a veterinarian. And so then when I found that out, I'm like, oh my gosh, I really want to go talk to him and approach him and and talk about this on more of a scientific level, right? Because I was trying to to bring it down, you know, and I'm like, okay, we can have a good conversation here. And he, he, he refused to even talk to me. I, I tried to reach out to him. Yeah. I tried to reach out to him again, even just through email and, 
you know, just said, hey, you know, I'd love to share some of the scientific studies, you know, with you if you'd like to read them about probiotics and how they can benefit horses. And I mean, but he wasn't having any of it. And so that one, that one stung. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess it was embarrassing. It was, uh, you know, I mean, I guess it was just a lot of things. It's definitely something I don't ever want to experience again. I guess I'll put it that way. (laughs) That's hard to come back from too and finish out your, your talk. (laughs) It is. I mean, it's just, well, and I think that's the other thing is, is the more that you present, and I'm sure that you have experienced this too, the more resilient you become to you know, those kind of things that catch you off guard in the middle of a presentation. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like I, I feel like I can rebound from things a little bit better now, but <laughs> yeah. there are certainly, certainly things that happen every once in a while that just kind of completely catch me off guard. <laughs> oh yeah. Hopefully I never have to experience that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Yeah. That's not fun for anyone. No. So um, let's say that someone, um, let's say that there's a a student maybe that's listening right now and they're interested in getting into the field and interested in doing what you do. Um, What, what path do you recommend that they take? Um, So, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's really important to establish that, you know, this is a sales role. And so I think the best thing that has been helpful to me has been the fact that I had business experience. Um, So I think, you know, obviously going to school, animal science or ag business is a good route to take. But if you can get experience on the business side, um, and especially if you're wanting a role like what I have, where there's a lot of travel, um, uh, getting some actual experience on outside sales, it sounds really fun. So so I'm going to bring this up. So I've got a Facebook page and, you know, everything I post on my, my work page is the beautiful facilities I get to visit, the gorgeous views that I get to see, you know, uh, last week I got a super nice car that I got to rent because I rent so many rental cars. But what, you know, some of the things that you don't realize coming into this job is that this really is a, a lifestyle that suits some people and it doesn't others. So I think if you can get out and get a little bit of experience and the taste of, you know, I will regularly sleep in a hotel one to four nights a week. I'm on the road like 30,000 miles a year, roughly. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a very uh, different kind of lifestyle. So uh, any type of job that you can get, even if it's not in the industry, to get a little bit of a taste of that, I would recommend. Um, I think um, talking to people in various companies. So that was a really good piece of advice that I got when I was trying to decide what I was going to do next. Um, I reached out and I just asked people um, in all different types of animal health, what did they like about their job? What didn't they like? How did they get into it? And just ask them questions and kind of got feedback on that to get a feel. Some companies will even let you uh, ride with their reps. So like, for example, I probably have somebody ride with me a couple times a year, I'll have somebody different ride with me just to get a feel for, you know, what a day might look like. Um, and then, you know, whatever internships that you can get, obviously are really helpful. Um, I think we're a little spoiled at our company just because I think they, they really push the technical side of things. And so, um, we do, I mean, we have 
weekly meetings, but we have monthly technical training. We have quarterly multi-day technical training um, specifically on horse nutrition. And so constant, you know, continuing education. So, you know, like I said, I think we're a little spoiled where we're at. I don't think all companies invest that type of time and money into training their consultants to be consultants outside of just sales. But again, I just, you know, at the end of the day, it's still a sales role. And so I really think having some business experience is, I think that has been vital to my success. So I think that that would be something that I would um, definitely recommend is trying to get some, some experience on the business side. Okay. That's pretty solid advice. Well, and the ticket just one, sorry, one more step further. I think figuring out you, what you want to do too. So for example, like uh, you and I have had this conversation in the past where we're uh, vastly different on what our interests are within the same exact field. So if you're wanting to formulate new products and do research or anything like that, I think that is going to, your class, uh, your suite of classes is going to look a little different than someone who, um, you know, wants to do other parts of the business. Right. So, um, I think that's, I think that's where it would help talking to different people in different roles within the industry. Uh, that's a, that's actually a really good point because, so I've actually had, um, either interns or people job shadow me before thinking, you know, hey, I really want to get into, you know, the formulation side and, or I want to be kind of, you know, on the research side or do that kind of real super sciencey stuff. Mm -hmm. And then when they get exposed to that, <laughs> and then they go get exposed to doing more of the people oriented things like what you do, where it is more boots on the farm, like actually hands on horses, talking to the people, um, they realize that they actually like that a lot better. Yeah. So that's, that's a really smart thing to encourage people, I guess, to, to go experience both sides. And just because you're getting into the nutrition field doesn't mean it's just one job. Like there's a lot of different things within the field. Yeah. So what would you say um, is your biggest challenge that you deal with kind of on a day-to-day -day or a week-to-week -week basis with your job? Um, I think probably the internet <laughs> is probably the <laughs> biggest challenge. Um, not only just, you know, that coined term, Dr. Google, not everything that's on the internet is, uh, accurate, but honestly, the Facebook nutrition forums are really challenging for me. Um, I've actually quit following quite a few of them. I'm still part of them so that if customers tag me and stuff, I can respond. But, um, there's just a lot of I mean, I'm just going to be honest. There's a lot of bad information that's put out in those forums. There's also a lot of really good information, but if you're not, if you're going to those forums asking questions, now you have to sift through what's good and what's bad. And so I think everyone that responds on those have really good intentions. And I think there's a really good place for certain questions like, Hey, what splint boots do you use? And what do you like about them? Um, but when it comes to nutrition or medical questions, I mean, if it's a medical question, call your vet. <laughs> um, if yeah. it's a nutrition question, any reputable company is going to have, uh, hopefully is going to have somebody that can talk with you about, you know, the issues or challenges that you're facing. Um, and that way you, you don't have to sift through so much noise. Um, I just think um, that's probably the biggest challenge um, there. You know, I think the thing that I see is someone will say, so we'll go back to that hard keeper example. Someone will say, 
oh, well, I've got a hard keeper. What do you do? And then you will see a hundred different responses of (laughs) products and fat supplements and all these things. And it's like, hang on, wait a minute. What if that horse is eating, you know, double its recommended calories and he's still a hard keeper. And, you know, so there's just a lot of things that I think that we miss out on those forums. And so that that's a really long way of saying that is probably my, my biggest challenge is, um, and bad information on the internet. I think that's a really good point. I, I kind of share some of the same thought processes as you. I, it's like I'm a member of a lot of those groups, but I, I kind of try not to be too active in them um, just because it, it can get a little bit overwhelming and you would end up spending all of your personal time, you know, yeah. um, trying to, to feed information back into those or to, you know, whatever. I, yeah. I have a husband, I have kids, I, you know, I've got things that I want to do on my weekends and evenings, you know, and that is not it. So, yes. um, and it's easy but, to know, go think, down a rabbit hole really quick. It's so easy. Exactly. And yeah, it, wait, it takes so much time. Um, yeah. You know, and, and I think the other thing that kind of bothers me just a little bit is, you know, all of these people are so comfortable making all of these recommendations off of just a picture or a couple sentences. Mm-hmm. And you know, you don't have the information. You don't know how old that horse is. You don't know what the current diet is. You don't know when the last time that horse's teeth were done, um, you know, or the deworming program or, you know, I mean, there are just, there are so many things. Like you said, it's almost like death by questioning when you go to do a a consult. It's it's because (laughs) it it really does require a ton of information um, before you can make a smart recommendation to somebody about what you think that they should do. So, well, yeah, I think I would share that. Yeah. I mean, there's, I can't tell you how many times I've even asked though, all those questions and I thought that I had it right. And then we tried something, it didn't work. And it was that last question that I just didn't think of that. Then the next time I came out, that was the one that put the last puzzle piece into place. So, you know, it, it's, it is really difficult to just throw out a suggestion. I mean, even from a feed standpoint, I'm going to ask a thousand questions because I want to make sure, you know, if you don't want X, Y, Z, why am I going to that, you know, why am I going to offer that to you? And so if I don't ask those questions, I might be giving you something you don't want and then you're unhappy and it's a bad experience for everyone. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, I generally try to keep these podcasts um, in that 30 to no more than 45 minute range. And I think we're definitely closing in on that. So (laughs) is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners um, that you think would be helpful for them um, before we wrap this up? Like I said, with the, the Facebook stuff, make sure when you, if you have questions, the Blue Bonnet Feeds and Stride website both have the links for free nutrition consults. And I can attest to the fact that, you know, if, if there's something that we can do to help, we will. And if there's not, you know, we aren't going to try to just sell you a product to get you to buy something. We want to be here to help for the long haul. So um, I really think that that's a great resource. The entire website has resources that I think are really invaluable. Um, We really try to be an educational focused company. And so um, I think that's, that's all I've got. Perfect. And if anybody does want to connect with you on Facebook, I know you have a a business Facebook page. Would you mind um, telling us the name of that so people can find you? Sure. So it's Lindsay Buer 
which is spelled B as in boy, U-R-E-R, Equine Nutrition Consultant. All right. Well, Lindsay, I really, again, appreciate you taking the time today um, to visit with us and also for being the very first ever guest on Feed Room Chemist. (laughs) Yay! Give me pig status. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay, and, and we'll talk again soon. Okay. Thanks, Jimmy. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Feed Room Chemist. If you like what you hear, be sure to share with your friends, post to social media, or give us a review. And as Winston Churchill used to say, no hour of life is wasted that is spent in the saddle. So go saddle up.